Welcome to the Spirit of a Badass, where we celebrate stories of courage, hope, and resiliency. I'm your host, Alicia Jacobson. Hello, badasses, and welcome to the podcast. I have two guests today that were both in my women's coaching circle, and I'm going to let them share later how they met because it is for real a life goal that I never knew I actually had and needed to have. Today, we're going to dive into mindset shifts and how both of them arrived at the way of thinking that they currently have and seeing the world far different than that they started with. Nikki has an MBA and is an IT leader. That is what she gave me for her intro. And I just need to elaborate on this a little bit because Nikki is one of the most fabulous, amazing humans I have ever met. She is totally into music. She does travel. The things that she does in life is so inspiring. And she she is here today because of the inspiring person that she is. And that needs to be shared with the world because her perspective and the things that she really puts value on is just so neat. So that is what I want you to know about her. In addition to all of the accolades that she has, she is just like, just a top-notch human. So maybe I don't know that somebody would actually put that in their bio, but Nikki, (laughs) top-notch person. And then I have Andrea. So we have two people today, which is super exciting. Andrea is happily married and a stepmom of four amazing kids. She is a retired project manager of 22 years and constantly seeking to learn, grow, and better herself. She is addicted to live music and queso. Yes. I am down with that. That is fabulous. Welcome, (laughs) Nikki and Andrea. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. So I've known Nikki for, I mean, I kind of talk about how I feel like I've lived several lifetimes and I have known Nikki for (laughs) at least three of them, I think. And so I've known her for a long time, but I met Andrea because Nikki joined my women's coaching circle and she's like, and here's where my life goal came in. She says, Hey, I have a friend that I would like to join. I met her when I was in Bali. And I'm like, okay, hang on a second. My friend that I met in Bali, new life goal. It is my goal in life now to say, this is my friend. I met her in Bali. Like, (laughs) badass right there. I never thought I'd be saying that. I mean, that's for sure. Like, that is the coolest (laughs) thing ever. It is pretty cool. I think so. Yes, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how are we going to get new friends now? Hi, this is my new friend, Alicia, and I met her on Zoom. (laughs) I mean, wah, wah, wah. Although the cool thing is, Andrea, like, even though I didn't go to Bali with you, I have, I feel like I have a really great connection with you. And like, I actually know you, even though I lack the Bali experience with you. You kind of have it now. not as cool as like, this is my friend, Andrea. I met her in Bali. There will be more trips to Bali, Alicia. You can come. Come to Bali with us. I I mean, okay. Yes. (laughs) Literally something I never considered. February 24th of 2024 is looking like a good date. Oh, I think that's maybe too soon for me to plan a trip to Bali. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have too many little beings to be. Joe would be like, what? This Bali thing has gone too far. It's gone too far. So Andrea, I met you in the coaching circle and Nikki, you were in the coaching circle. I have another one that's opening up January 16th. So just tell us a little bit about what your experience was in the coaching circle. 
Sure. So I really thought that it was going to be more about, so, you know, it was the beginning of the year. I was like, okay, I need to eat better. I need to lose weight. I need to do all of the things that you think you need to do. And that's not at all what it was. I mean, while it helped me with those things for sure, it 100% did. That's not really what it was. Those things were just something that came with it. It was this wonderful group of women that we connected with and got to know really well and heard their stories. And it helped me to see that everybody's going through things, right? Everybody's got hard things going on in their lives and the support of one another really helps. And you just have to give everybody grace and the benefit of the doubt because we're all struggling in in our own ways. For me, it was more about hearing experiences of other people and watching them go through coaching. So a lot of times in the coaching, it would just be open coaching and somebody would be coached as we would watch. And every time I was in awe of what I was hearing and I got something out of it each time on like, oh yeah, you know, I should be doing that. Or, you know, something would trigger in my brain to think, oh, you know, it it just made sense to me. So that's what I got out of it more than what I had expected. Mm -hmm. Andrea, what about you? Same for me. Like, thinking about like the wheel of health and just everything that's on it. I came into this in January. I was looking through some of my notes thinking physical, which was at the top of my goals and still is. But what's beautiful is throughout this kind of like the catch all of everything else is what got addressed. And I didn't even realize it really until the past couple of months. It wasn't only about meal planning and nourishing my body, although we did talk about that a lot in the spring, I think it was, and that carried over. But as the bonds or the, as we got to know each other and watched each other get coached or jumped in while we were being coached to share an experience, I don't know. I just, something unexpected happened where it became deeper and I was able to take the other women's experiences, even though we come from very different backgrounds and find something like Nikki said, each and every time, even on the days when I was like, man, I don't really have anything today, or I'm not really feeling it today. Somebody in our group would say something that resonated with me every single time. Yeah. It was powerful. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think I was telling somebody just a couple of weeks ago, it's very hard to share about because it is such an experience. It's so much more than eating healthy or or weight loss and things where people typically think of health coaching or things like that. It's your whole life and the powerful experience watching somebody else get coached and then being able to take a little nugget from that and your life switches is like, is one of the coolest things. And what are the words for that? Because like with physical, if, if this was simply physical, I would have said I weighed X in January and I weigh this now, or I wear a size this and this, but I don't really know how to measure this year. Mm, that's really interesting. Except for the way, I, except for the way I feel, which is awesome. And so I'll take that. But instead we've been taught to like, look for a measure and put a label on something. And this year wasn't like that for me. Interesting. Yeah. Like there's no measuring stick for this. There's not that I know of. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I suppose it could maybe be measured if you look at the conversations you have, the life experiences you have, the things where I know people will say, I had this experience and a year ago I would have done this. It would have been like a big kind of explosive. And then now I am much more thoughtful. I pause. I'm not reactive. Those things. But those are not things when you think of like actual measurements that you really consider. Mm-hmm. 
that you hit the nail on the head with that. That's exactly because that is what I feel. It's just we don't always jot down feelings. It's not something we measure or that we were taught to measure or think about. But that's exactly what it is for me is my reaction. And then what you just said triggered for me again, something we talked about like way back in May, the joy versus obligation. And that's how I measure it for me, I think that I'm making so many more choices that bring me joy versus things I'm obligated to do. And I, Hey, I'll take that. That's a win Mm -hmm. every time. It's like my life goal is that people, well, you guys have accomplished my life goal and like (laughs) women in their lives is like doing the things you want to be doing and setting up your life in a way that it brings you so much joy where you're not just doing the, the shit that you think you have to do or you feel obligated to do to make everybody else happy. You're doing it because it actually fills your cup. And then by a byproduct of that, the rest of your community and people and circle gets to feed off of that. And today, that's what I want people to get. I want people to get a little peek into your mindset, the sort of like, fuck it. This shit doesn't matter. And how did you get from things that you thought were important and things where you dumped energy into to having that hindsight's 2020 of like, wait, that doesn't matter. And I am not going to put my energy there. I'm not going to waste my time spinning in that space anymore because it doesn't fill me up. And the thing I noticed about the pair of you in the circle was you have arrived at that space of, I know what's important to me. I am clear about what's important to me. And that's where I'm going to devote my energy versus wasting time on things that don't actually matter. We're going to just have open conversations today, but I just want to hear about the mindset, the sort of attitude that you both have today. And then we're going to go backwards to what you started with. Do you want to go first, Nikki? Sure. So I think my mindset today is not everything is that important. I have to pick and choose what is actually important. And for me, that's generally the people in my life. So it could be my family, it could be my friends, it could be coworkers, colleagues, could be my pets, but it's more about the relationships that I have. And that's where I want to spend my energy more on making memories versus just having stuff. Like, I just want to hang out with the people that I love, the people that I want to be around, because that's what gives me energy. And it doesn't matter if it's going to Bali or going on some huge adventure. It doesn't matter. It could be that. It could be just sitting, watching a movie. It doesn't really matter what it is, as long as I've got that positive energy around me. And working backwards from that, so I, I used to be somebody who cared a lot more about everything, all kinds of things, what people thought of me, you know, why did I say that? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? Or like work, I would devote everything I had to work because I thought that's what gave me purpose. I thought sort of like what I did in my day job was my purpose. And in the last couple of years, I've realized work is not my purpose. Like I get my, my fulfillment outside of that. So work is just uh, a thing. And it's a thing that I love. Like I'm always going to be career motivated. That That's just part of who I am. But it's not my whole life anymore where I have all of these other things around me that give me lots of joy. It's not just all career driven. 
And I think the switch for me, I mean, part of it was coaching. Part of it just helped me realize that I I don't need to react to things like I used to. But I think the big turning point for me was just some things that happened in my life, a loss of of a close family member that, you know, my immediate family's life was changed in an instant with this loss. And then a few months after that, my mom being diagnosed with stage three cancer, it was just a rough year. And it helped me put into perspective what's actually important. And it wasn't work. I mean, of course, that's an important piece of my life, but it's not the most important piece. You only get so much time with your loved ones and you got to take advantage of it. And so it just helped me realize that I needed to make that time. I needed to have that time with my friends, my family, and and spend that time with them because you don't know how long you're going to have that time. So while you've got it, take it and love it and, and enjoy it. So here's the thing I noticed, though, is that it takes having an extreme upheaval of a person's yeah. life for them to get to this point where they're like, Oh, (laughs) the things that I was focusing on don't actually matter. Any insight around like how we can collapse time and make this happen now so that you don't have to experience something tragic in order to have that shift to looking at life this way currently? Yeah, that's a tough one. And I think us sharing our stories and telling others like, it's not important. Let it go. Can help. And I think that's the best that we can do is to give our message out there. And that's something that I try to do really hard at work. I've always been somebody, even before all this, I've always been somebody with folks that I work with to just say, family always comes first because they do. Like work is going to be here. And if you need to be out because something is happening, we got you. We'll cover it. You go spend the time with your family. But I never lived that. And so I think connecting those dots to say, this is what I have been telling people to do, but I haven't done it myself. And I actually think that leading by example and my colleagues seeing that, I could actually step away from work and deal with the things that I needed to helped a lot and helped them see, yeah, this is, it's okay for me to do that. I need to go to this appointment. I need to do whatever it is. So to me, it's, sharing it, leading by example, and letting people in, letting them know. That's the only way I really know how to help people. And so sharing, which is you're doing, but then also it sounds like you were telling people this. So you already had that sort of inner knowing of this this is a value, this is important. However, you weren't living it. So what I hear there is also if you have this already, this knowing inside of you, like I I say it all the time, like, you know, like you already know, it's just getting into that friction part where it feels uncomfortable of the, okay, I know, but I'm not quite sure of the how, what needs to happen to do this. And not making that what needs to happen be like that have a catalyst of something wrong. But now if you're hearing this, dropping into the, do you already know this? Have you already had this pull of I'm putting my energy into things that are really not important? And how do you then go follow that? Yeah, I knew in the back of my mind because that's what I was telling people, but I wasn't practicing it. And so I think listening to that inner voice, when you're projecting the right thing for others to do, you got to do it too. 
Just Mm -hmm. like, you know, in the airplane, you got to put on your mask before you help others. (laughs) And I think that's an important lesson. Yeah. Andrea, how about you? Well, if we could figure out how we know, but we don't do it, but we tell other people, we could all write a book and be really wealthy. But I don't know either because my my journey is similar to Nikki's, even though the backgrounds are different and where we, lots of things are different, but same thing where experiences and making memories, some of it is age and experience. I mean, I'm significantly older than Nikki, but is where I got here, but also was tragic events. But I don't know, sorry, I'm jumping right to your question. I don't know how to tell other people because I knew too, but I don't know, Nikki, for you, do you, I, I knew it and I could say all the words, but I didn't feel it the way I feel it now. Like, I don't know that I had internalized it. I had maybe processed it, but not metabolized it. Like I had not kept any of it for myself. I was saying all the things to other people to do. Life is important. Friends are important. Family is important. Go do the things. But then I would shame myself internally if I didn't do all the obligation things. Okay. So you then felt guilty if you actually took the time to do the things that you were being pulled to do that you actually felt value and important because you thought the other things were like the shoulds are the things that your, your obligations, the things that maybe society tells you to do. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. And then like when you met me, you saw me this year, you know, with my surgeries and stuff on bed rest and kind of like down and that enabled, I was going to say forced, but enabled me to have the quiet and the space that I was already craving and that I wanted and needed anyway, if that makes sense. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about all of that this year, but not everybody has the time or the opportunity. You know, if you work in a couple of jobs, I don't really know how you get to the, the time, the literal time for it times a four letter word, but you can try to find the space and grace to give yourself even on drive times or anything else to get quiet and to actually think. And I was a person that stayed very busy in my head. I still do, but I've quieted that voice a lot so that I can think and process and metabolize. Yeah. So part of your journey was actually finding the space and getting quiet to learn the things that were important and of value to you. And that's something too. Some people don't, one, take the time to do it. Maybe they don't have the time if you don't have the time, how can you create the time? But also I work with so many people, they just keep themselves so freaking busy. So they don't have to have the quiet. They will make a do list like four days long. And then let's see how we can add more to it because the time of quiet in their mind is so uncomfortable to them that they, they won't be there. So finding quiet space to actually have that sort of inner knowing come through and know like, what is really important to me? Yeah. No, I actually put up boundaries and kind of ended a friendship with a couple of people who do that, not just because we're not no longer like-minded about life in general and kindness and things, but just about where they spend their time and their energy. And for me, I've tried to move into a curious space. I, I mean, I've always been a curious seeking person, but I've tried to move more into a curious space and to approach people out of curiosity versus judgment, being a good Southern raised girl. I was raised with all the good old guilt to come along with and judgment and stuff like that. And sorry if that offends anyone, but that's just how it kind of was in my household. And so 
sitting quietly and being curious about things and people versus snap judgment and moving on and keeping my four day to do busy list is so new that I'm not even like we're doing this podcast now, but I'm like, I haven't even processed this year or with the past few months of all the learnings I've had with the coaching circle and just in life in general, my friendship with Nikki, things like that. It's a lot of growth and it takes time to understand it, to even be able to tell you anything about it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, essentially this is a journey that you've been on and it takes time. And that's probably part of it too, is, you know, get arriving here. Like you have to go on a journey my hope is that people can listen to this and absorb other people's journeys and let's shorten that time that they're wasting time on shit that doesn't really matter. So was there a specific time in your life, Andrea, that kind of shifted your mindset? And what was your mindset like prior? Like I said, I was always curious and seeking and just wanting to understand people, even if it was through my Dateline episodes, whatever it is. I've just always been like that, a curious learner. And I think that helped me through the past few years. Obviously, we all went through a bunch of stuff with a global pandemic and just the way things are. But for me, honestly, a lot of stuff changed. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in November of 2020. Thank God it was stage one. But went through that, lost my mom in 2021 and my baby brother in 2022. But even backing up, right in early 2020 when the George Floyd thing happened. I'm not going to go political or anything, but there was just eye-opening events that happened for me. And unfortunately, everything I listed is all huge. But even with each one, I was, I want to say unraveling, unraveling myself to learn, but I had to take the time and space. Even through that, you would say grief throws you down on the ground and it does, but you still have to look at it in the face because if not, it comes back to get you And it still does, and it still will. And like you said, Nikki and I have arrived where we are here today. But what what I used to do is think that I'd listen to a podcast like this and be like, oh, look, they arrived. Look, they're done now. That's not how it works. And for me, whenever I now trip up after I've arrived at a new evolution of myself, then I would beat myself up and say that's a step back or two steps back. And I'm this year with coaching and mindfulness did for me was I don't do that anymore. Or when it comes, I stop it faster than I ever have in my 57 years. And and that for me is winning Powerball because my negative self-talk is loud. That voice, she loud, real loud. <laughs> they have a tendency to be that way. God, she can be a real bitch. So you had a lot of negative self-talk before. A lot. And you've gotten away from that and realize one, that when it does come up, you don't have to beat yourself up for it. It's, I mean, it's sort of part of us. There's pieces are always there. That's the thing people don't realize when I start working with people, they kind of have this idea, like it's going to be like, like a vacuum just sucked right out of you. But these things that you have, whatever your thing is will always be there it's how loud of a voice is it going to have and like you said now when it comes up it's like oh okay no thank you not i'm not listening to you how quickly can you notice it and then redirect your like toddler brain of like oh no i want to touch this (laughs) nope nope not today not today these days i can put her at the children's table pretty damn quick but kicking her out of the house is a little harder She does not have a seat at the table like she did. Like I honored her. Like she was 
my freaking best friend. I think because it was safe or not safe, comfortable is a better word for it because it's just what you do. Well, you can freaking change just what you do. And I don't think I realized that. They taught me algebra and physics and shit, but they forgot to say, oh, by the way, you're not really done at 18 or 25 or 30 or whatever they say. You're constantly becoming, you're constantly evolving and it's okay to shed that shit and shed those skins and leave them behind you. And I wish we were taught that. Badasses. Registration for my 12-week women's coaching circle is now open. This is 12 weeks of absolute life transformation. Bring in your health goals, bring in whatever it is that you want to take and transform in your life. And we will work as a group in this 12 weeks. Uh, members of the current 12-week program say it is life-changing. They have never been happier. They have never felt more confident. They are getting the things that they want to get done done and taking time for themselves without feeling guilty. So if you've been thinking, I should do this, I know what I need to do, but I just don't do it, you should be in the circle. So grab the link in the show notes, go ahead, read more about it, sign up, if you have more questions, you can get a Calendly link and uh, get on my schedule and we will have a call to see if it is right for you and learn exactly how you can join the 12-week circle and meet your goals and absolutely crush this next year. I have had people saying to me lately, why can't I do this? Like they get really irritated at themselves. They don't understand how to either process stress or when things happen, like how to do it. And you weren't, we literally were never taught this. My kids are being taught this now. Yeah. They're being taught how to, you know, metabolize emotion or feeling. I actually, this, I was on TikTok and this creator was talking about learning how to handle disappointment. And as a skill, when you're disappointed as a child, if you think of you know, when you were a kid, a time when you were disappointed, generally we were told to like, oh, that's part of life. It happens. Like just essentially get over it. And it really hit me because I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like we're not taught how to handle disappointment and life is full of tons of disappointment and nobody's taught how to properly handle it. And that's like actually a really important skill. And now we have this understanding of doing that, but I just, I heard that and I was like, wow, that is actually really powerful, a skill of handling disappointment or any emotion. I had never thought of it the way you just said that, but as you were talking about the childhood, my disappointments were like not getting that new puppy or that toy on the toy aisle or the thing at the grocery store when you're with your mom. And those would be great teaching opportunities instead of just like suck it up or you just don't get it today or whatever the answers were. They would be really great training grounds for when the real shit happens in life. Yes. Like the real disappointment. And we don't do that. It's no. Wow. I hadn't even thought of it that way. We're just not, I mean, essentially you have a bunch of adults walking around, like just suck it up. It's fine. And they don't like Nikki was saying like in the circle, you have the opportunity to not just suck it up and then realize like, oh, everybody has their own bag of shit that they're carrying and trying to process. And in there, we're not just sucking it up, but yeah, we basically are all just full grown little children just sucking it up and then not very well. Well, not only is it healthy to teach kids to deal with disappointment or teach anybody to deal with disappointment, it's also helpful for us to help somebody through that or support somebody through that because you shouldn't be like, suck it up. It's okay to be like, I'm sorry, that really sucks. Like 
It does. And to just call it out and be truthful about whatever situation somebody's dealing with, don't try and make it better. You can't make it better most of the time, but you can be there to support them and help them through it in any way you can. But you have to acknowledge that this really sucks right now. You know, hopefully it will get better at some point, but we can just acknowledge that it sucks. Mm -hmm. And to get to that point, the people have to be able to to be willing to share because that is something people internalize this idea of I have to just suck it up so they don't actually share. No, it's so true. They just there's sometimes the simple acknowledgement. We've all talked about like, you know, with your husband, when you want to say something, it's like, do you want them to solve it or just listen or, or a friend or whatever? It's, it's like that with the hard shit too. Just sometimes having it acknowledged is all you need to, you're still going to go through all the stages and the work things out. But I think like when Nikki was talking, what I was imagining is how all these women came into this coaching circle from all different walks of life and all different things. And I think maybe we were also in the trenches because that's how life is. And then this, the circle helped me to, same with Bali, it helped me to pick my head up and go, oh yeah, there's a whole bunch of other people out here. And there's a whole bunch of people going through similar things and here's how they handled it. And you can learn just as much what not to do as you can what to try from other people. And I feel like that was probably the biggest value I got out of this year and talking to all the women throughout the the year. And tying this back to mindset. When you said you even put your body down and we're like, you know, I was in the trenches and then in the circle or wherever you are, you have to lift your head up and open your eyes and look around to even know there is a different way to live in the world. But if you're so focused and busy and kind of full of the busyness of life and the stress, a lot of people think, well, there is no other way. You have to lift your head up you have to look around to be able to even consider there being another way of thinking and being in the world. Yep, exactly. And listen, you have to listen. For me, I had to get quiet and listen. And I don't even mean just active listening. I mean, listening to myself to, to when I quieted the bitch at the table and I brought the nicer people out to like get to know yourself. And I think people are so scared to do that. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know why I've been really fortunate to, yeah, we joke about Bali, but what, I don't know for sure exactly how Nikki would word what took her there, but what took me there was all the loss and grief and just realizing I was, I was setting up, I don't even know if I knew it was boundaries a few years ago at the time, but I was making changes in my life. And that meant pruning back certain shrubbery in my life. I don't want to say like getting rid of people because that's not nice, but I had to prune relationships and time back in certain areas so that I could even start to see where I may want to go because the noise and the the bushes and the shrubs and everything was too much and too loud. And then it became really easy to make my four day to-do list. And then four more days are gone. And then, you know, four months and four years, and you're not thinking about anything, not truly. You're thinking about work and your kids and things like that, but not yourself or real life. And, you know, we've all heard the cliches about you got to take care of yourself first, all of those things, but it's so damn true. I just wish that everyone could find the time and whatever their lane is to carve out the time to just be quiet and see what comes up for them. It sounds like for you, the biggest kind of takeaway that you have in your journey was the gift of 
quiet space to really settle into kind of figuring not only yourself out, but what do you want out of the space and the people around you? Exactly. And I'm very fortunate that my kids are older now and that I'm retired and that my husband understands. Well, that was another new thing. I asked for it. I would like get sick in the past or I would not even get sick. I would get sick because I would go so hard for so long. And then it would be almost like a relief to stay in bed for a few days. Now I'm just like, I need the solitude. It's not even sleep or time. It's it's quiet solitude and rest. Sometimes it's a trashy TV show. Sometimes it's a book or a good podcast. And other times it is a nap. But whatever it is, it was that I learned to listen for it and then ask for it. And that's new. That was hard. Even telling Mark this year, hey, I'm going to be asking for some things that are really uncomfortable. And thank God he's like, rock on sister, because he feels the same. So that's good. We've been able and and it enabled us to have those conversations, which is really nice too to talk to your partner about. All right. How do you approach decision making? Because the things that you would have thought were probably important before maybe are less important. So when you're making decisions, how does this new way of thinking influence that? What kind of decisions do you mean? Like life decisions and just what's important to me, that type of thing? I mean, yeah. Because if you think about where kind of both of you were putting your efforts and time into things that were not giving you back the return that you wanted. And now whether it's uh, an event that you're invited to or anything like that, where it's like, okay, here is a decision. Like I know for me, when I'm looking at it, it's like, do I feel excited by this? And if I do, I need to hold off a second because sometimes I get real excited and then the time comes and I'm like, (laughs) not like my extrovert part was making the decisions. And then my (laughs) introvert part is the one that has to do the follow through. And that bitch doesn't want to do anything. So yeah. So like, how have you, how do you make those decisions when it's, it hits on that sort of that piece of the mindset and the fulfilling of the life you want to be creating? For me, I think now it's come down to joy versus obligation and then calm over chaos, especially think about the time of year we're in. It's so chaotic in so many ways and so hard for so many people in so many ways that I just choose the calm. And then with joy and obligation, I'm not saying I just this year all of a sudden said, screw all obligations. I will go all pure pleasure hedonistic style. Haven't gone that far yet. Maybe next year check in. But I do balance it now a lot more than I used to. Obligation, that one all the time, if not the majority of the time, all the time. And now not not so much anymore. It's it's a different conversation. Like when Mark and I make family decisions on where to spend our time while the kids are here this week and things, it's more about experiences and memories instead of all the perfect things and all the commercial bullshit. So I think it's, for me, it's, I, I like simple little mantras. So joy versus obligation and where can I eke that out to have experiences and memories that matter? But it's hard because there are a lot of obligations on people in business and in all family and things like that. So I think you just have to juggle. And I think it's okay to say no to things that just you don't have the time for that don't bring you or your family the joy or experiences you want. No is a full sentence. It is. (laughs) Exactly. It is. I think for me, I, I give myself a little bit more space to make those decisions. So I can be super indecisive in my personal life. I'm not that way at work at all, but I can be like hem and haw about it. Oh, should I do this? Should I do that? What should I do? 
and to give myself the space to actually think about it, but not get lost in that either. But at the same time, to give myself space that when I make a decision, so I'm also a super loyal person. And if I commit to something, I am going to do that thing. And I give myself space now to either make the right decision up front. So think about what do I have going on in my life at that time? Can I throw something else in or is this going to push me over the edge? So I do think about that first. But at the same time, I also give myself space to change my mind if I need to. And that's not, I never used to do that. So now I can make the decision. And if it's not what's going to suit me, I'm much more comfortable going back and saying, oh, I've changed my mind or I can't actually do that. Or, hey, I know I said no to this, but I actually want to do it. Can, can I still come or, or whatever it might be that I, it's okay to change my mind. And that has helped me a lot that like the decision isn't final. There's room. There's room. Ooh, I like that. There's room. Yeah. Like that, just in general, the idea of there's room. There's room for time to make the decision. There's room if you need to change it either way. And then there's room, you didn't say it, but like for grace for yourself Mm -hmm. and like an understanding of it's okay if I change my mind. I really like that. All right. So are there any habits or rituals or anything that you do to make sure that you're sort of cultivating and continuing on this sort of mindset growth journey that you have set out on. Ooh, that's a good one because that's actually where I am right now is I trying to figure that out because I am where we've just talked about. And so what you just said is kind of what's next for me. How do I, my past self would have been like, oh, I did Weight Watchers for a few months and I hit the goal and now I'm done. And like for this, I did coaching for a whole year. Woo, look at me, look what I did and I'm done. And then in January, something happens and I'm like, oh, fuck, what was that? And that's not how I feel now. So I'm like, okay, you like this trajectory you've got going. You like the new train of thought. You like the new self-talk. So now what you're going to do to keep that going on? And I've set up some routines. Like some of mine is, I don't know, it might be silly, like my little wax melts and my lavender candles and just my quiet time where I have my coffee and I make my to-do list. If I do that in the morning, my days into the night and the start of the next day are always so much better. And so it's just knowing the little things, I think, that have been helped me be successful this year. But what you just asked is something I'm going to be pontificating on myself for the next few weeks. I love that. Okay. And I I love that you like, that's a mindset shift too, where it used to be sort of like a start and an end of whatever it was. And now you kind of realize like, oh, it's, it's fluid. It flows. There is no ending to it. It evolves. It grows. It shifts. Maybe the, the river like totally takes a hard left, but it's still, the same flow of whatever ride I was on and you're still, there's no end. We just keep going and evolving. Yeah. But one thing I do want to say is when I heard people say that in the past, I thought that meant they were done or that they had achieved or like meeting you. I'm like, well, she's a coach. Like she's done. Well, that's not, we're never fully baked. This takes a lot of coaching and therapy and time just to maintain where I'm at. So you could, you could be like the healthy presenting coach. No, I totally, I get that. And see, that's, I'm thrilled because I feel like I'm just behind you on that where I'm like, oh, okay, now I got to figure out some maintenance type shit because that's where I failed before. I can start something kick-ass, but then, oh yeah, you got to keep doing it. 
damn life. Yeah. Yeah. I like that though. Maintenance. People talk about that when it comes to like diet cars, like how do you maintain essentially your mind? And that's what you're figuring out. How do you maintain this mindset? What does it take? Nikki, what about you? So I do the list too. And and that's something I learned in coaching something, Alicia, that you recommended to me is, so my husband and I, we sit down every Sunday and we make our list. So we write down what's on our calendar this week, what are our obligations, and then what are our needs for the week? So we kind of make our list of things that we would like to get done and they might not all get done. That's okay. Cause there's, there's always next week and, and we can just copy those down to next week, depending on what we were able to get done. And that helps me plan my week. It just helps me quiet some of the chaos in my mind and to just free up the time to enjoy the week um, versus trying to figure out each day, like, what do I need to do today? Um, And that has created a lot of calmness and quietness in my mind, which has helped to to give me space um, to focus on what I want to focus on. Fantastic. All right. A couple of things. So what Nikki was just talking about was I call it the family meetings where you essentially meet with your spouse, partner, anybody significant. It could be kids where you do it as a whole family. I made a whole episode on that. That is episode 17. Everybody who has put this in place has all had really magnificent results in reducing stress, making things more streamlined. Nikki said more calm. It really, you have the ability, like Andrea was talking earlier, to ask for what you need and also state what you need and then make everything just a little less chaotic. And then, yeah, you can, you know, look at your week and what is it that I want? How do I incorporate the things that fill me up in my day and in my week? One thing I want, Alicia, just really quickly was calm to me relates to asking and chaos to me relates to when I'm just a raging bitch. Like when it's chaotic, I'm not going to ask for things. I'm not going to, it's going to be that, well, you didn't, I noticed this, or it's going to be the shitty mm-hmm. remarks. But when, when my shit is calm, like my own to-do list and my own stuff, then I deal with the rest of the family and life so much better. And so for me, that's very powerful to think of if, if asking helps me to achieve calm, I'm going to figure out how to ask because I'm going to ask for it anyway. I'm just going to demand it as a bitch. And I don't want to do that anymore. Oh, that's a yes, because yes. I just realized that just now. (laughs) I did too. That is huge because you're either going to ask for it in a snarky ass way, like you didn't, whatever it is, or you're going to ask in the beginning and state your need and have a calm environment. Ooh, this is it. I mean, that is a gem right there. Nobody wants to ask for help. This is a completely different episode, (laughs) but nobody wants to ask for help. And then it's chaos and snarky attitude and snippy and all of that. It's just gross. It feels so gross and heavy. But if you learn to ask for your needs, you actually get them met in what feels like a really comfortable, easy. It's hard to ask for help if it's not something you do. But yeah, you're going to ask one way or the other. It's kind of like the choose your hard. You want to choose the hard up front asking for help, or you want to choose the hard chaotic being pissed off because somebody can't read your damn mind. And now, and yeah, now you just caused friction or da- Yeah, exactly. Or you're just pissed off internally. However you deal with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Woo! All right. <laughs> that makes me like, you just lit me up right there. You're awake now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. Last thing. Andrea also mentioned joy and obligation. This is a downloadable worksheet that I have. And since it was mentioned many times, I'm going to put that in the show notes so that if it's something that you want, you can go ahead and download that also. All right. Last thing I end with is share a tip 
that saves you time, energy, or resources? The only thing I can come up with right now, Nikki, I'm not sure what you got, is to consider asking first. Just the conversation we just had. Work with yourself to where you can ask for things you need, even if it's just for 10 minutes of time or whatever it is you need, because it will save you time, energy, everything in the end if you just learn to ask. But but that's new for me, so I have to think about that <laughs> some more. That can be part of your ritual. You're evolving. Mine is definitely the weekly family meeting and the list. That has saved me so much time and energy. I can't speak to it enough. It's It's been life-changing for me, so that that's probably my number one. And to just give yourself space and grace. It will all be okay. And just be kind to yourself. Yes, definitely. Thank Kindness you. to yourself is a huge thing. And it helps with everything we've talked about so far today. Awesome. Thank you both. I now have, I had the life goal of, I met this friend in Bali. It just sounds cool. It sounds so badass. Like, so next goal is Bali with Nikki and Andrea. 2025. Yeah. It's on my, I might need to push it out. (laughs) Like, I feel like, I don't know that that quite aligns with it, but it is out there. I am putting it out, the energy out there into the universe. Then I will go to Bali with Nikki. Yes. And that is amazing. So you heard it I here have full first. body chills. So yeah, we got to make this happen. <laughs> oh, I like that. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your journey. I feel like it was just like you go and you get like that bag of sand that has all the gems in it and you get to mine <laughs> through it. I feel like that's what happened today is like the idea is mindset, but there was all these little gems that everybody gets to walk away with. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was a lot like our coaching sessions, which I had another realization today. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Spirit of a Badass is a Lit Path Studios podcast and is produced by Jamie Gale and Alicia Jacobson. Music by Shane Ivers. We'll be back with another inspiring interview. Until then, keep your spirits high and your energy badass.